1: So here we go, Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thank you.
0: That's great. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. Uh, God, speak to us. Lord, I pray that, um, God, we'd recognize this season and, and, Lord, we'd bring hope in the midst of hopelessness and joy, and God, that we'd focus on you and not all the other things that could distract us, Father. Thank you for this time. Lord, let your word go forth, let the seeds go into our soul, that it might change us. In Jesus' precious amen. name, Amen.
1: Can I say one more thing? Yes. Okay, y'all, the Christmas story, you may already know this, you may already be doing this, but the Christmas story, you know, is in all the different things. But Luke, if you read Luke, there's 24 chapters in Luke. So if you read, I know we're already on day 11, but if you start to read that, then by the time you get to Christmas Eve and do Christmas Day with your family, you will have refreshed your mind of the Christmas story. So do that at home with your family. Excellent. Read the Bible. Oh, shaking hands.
0: Good job. Thank you. I like when you're up here. Thank you. (laughs) How's everybody? Um, You know what? I I am pleasantly surprised. Thanks for being here. The rain, like when I was up this morning, it was, is there a little echo here? I'm sorry. Is it just me or is it just, uh, but up this morning at like, I don't know, four and five, it was like raining sideways. It was dropping and just going, it was crazy. So um, love that you guys forged through the crazy California. Thank you. Gosh, you're making signals back there. Is that better? Is that okay? That you know, you forge through this this weather. I, last night I, I spoke at a, a a gathering of of special force men that that do a Christmas party and and you know I was I was talking about playing hockey and you know the the in the middle of it, I'm thinking this, as I'm thinking, I'm talking about, you know, getting puck shot at you and all this stuff. And I'm looking at all these veterans that are all decorated with, you know, hard, purple hearts and all these things. And I'm talking about the grueling hockey. And, and right in the middle of it, I go, let me just stop. I'm an idiot, okay? I'm talking about hockey pucks, and you guys are watching bullets fly by, and you survived, and you're doing that. I, in no way, shape, or form, am comparing my stupidity in hockey to what you men went through, but. There's some principle in there, so just stay with me, guys. That's what I told them, but they were very gracious, and it was, it was, it was pretty cool. It was very, very cool to be with these, these men and women who uh, supported their husbands as they were off uh, in special warfare. So uh, Christmas, excited for this season. Everybody gets excited, but what I want to do is I want you to think, and I want you guys to enter the story this season. And I talk about that regularly during Christmas because it's so easy to come into the Christmas season and not enter the right story. The story that we seem to enter regularly is the one of being harried, of being, I've got to get presents, and I've got to do this, and i got another party, and i got to eat more food, and i got... That's the story that it seems like is I, I'm more uh, apt to step into. But I want us to just stop regularly, each day. And as you acknowledge the Lord, as you have your time and your conversation, enter into the Christmas story, which is a completely different story than the one that's being preached on the television, the one that's being preached in advertisements, the one that's being spoken about outside of this scripture. So this morning, as, as we talk and we go through this, just kind of step back and go, okay, I want to step into the Christmas story. How did the wise men, and i want to look at how they stepped in, how they entered into the Christmas story. What did they do to enter in some 2,000-plus years ago? And when you look at it, here are three things that they did specifically and distinctly to enter into this story that you and I can now take with us as we walk in this story over the next several weeks. Number one is they could see. They actually had eyes to see. Number two is they were wise. As defined by the wise men and they understood the times and number three they chose to worship they chose to worship let's let's tackle these this morning number one they could see and we see in verse 1 and 2 and it says after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the East came to Jerusalem and asked where is the one who has been born uh, king of the Jews We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. They saw a star. Now, I don't know, in Orange County, you don't see stars. But if you get up in a Big Bear, you get outside of Orange County and all the smog and everything that covers or the layers that hide, you know, you, you go to the mountains, what do you see? Stars. Thousands. Hundreds of thousands of Stars. So when when you think about what they're saying here, it's distinctly different. Because obviously there are thousands of stars, but they saw the star, a star. And they knew what that star meant. Remembering the words of the prophet Isaiah. Now this is approximately 700 years from when the wise men went to see Jesus. And this prophecy, this word from Isaiah said this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. See, that they had eyes to see and ears to hear. There's another scripture in Numbers, and they see the stars. And, and, and when we talk about those times, stars and 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 the the universe there were things within it that spoke of God that they would use to see. Now when you look at this one in numbers, this is some three thousand years prior to Jesus coming. And it says this, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob and the scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Seed. Think about this. These two key scriptures, they knew their scriptures, but they, they always kept this hope of what was to be. But they had eyes to see. And the moment when it came, they actually recognized it, as opposed to how many other Jews, how many other people didn't recognize that the star was there, didn't recognize that it was the time. These men were wise because they recognized these things. Because they saw, they knew the scriptures were being fulfilled. You and I have the scriptures. We have the ability now, today, to worship the advent, the coming of Jesus. Some hundreds or even thousands of years ago, they had eyes to see what was prophesied. Yet you and I, he's already come and so many times during this season we don't see. We don't see. We don't see what God is doing. And my question to us during this season is what do you see? What do you see when you walk out of this building? Is the hope of Jesus in your eyes or is it the craziness of the freeways, the craziness Of the malls the craziness of your husband or your wife or your loved one or your friends and family trying to get the presents and trying to cook and try is that what is in front of you because I I I implore you this season to take time to see beyond and see the Savior take time to readjust your life each morning and see Jesus take time to step away from the crazy And let your eyes see the one who brings hope. Who brings hope. Number two, they were wise because they understood the times. They understood the times. They could read the times. They saw the star. They knew the scripture out of Isaiah, the prophet. They knew their word. That's you know one we talk about. They knew their word. Therefore, when Jesus was coming, they very clearly knew what was going on because they knew their word. The church today, if we were to go back and you and I were sitting there, I don't know that we would know He is coming because we don't know our word the way we need to know our word. That's a Christmas spanking. this word needs to be every part of our life we need to eat the contents of this word and i'm telling you over these next two weeks if you'll just take time each morning and as chris said read this the 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 story of luke and just digest what jesus is doing what you will see will be completely different than what they see they were wise because they understood the times They knew the times that they were in. See, so many times, us sitting today, we don't recognize the times we're in. We just go, oh, that's life. It's like the frog, you know, how do you cook a frog? You just put them in the pot and slowly turn up the water. And so many times I feel like that's us as the church. Verse 1 and 2 says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of Jews? we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him they understood the time of christ when thousands literally uh, tens of thousands hundreds of thousands did not see it they saw it they understood in a time where where Millions go to church every Sunday, but can't see. They understood the times of what was going on around them, of, of of trying to cancel Christmas, everything that is going on. They understood what was happening. They understood the time. And I saw this this Gallup poll, and it, it said this, and it kind of hits you right in the face. Among those who celebrate Christmas, twenty six percent say their celebrations are not too religious. In other words, about the presents. It's about the food not too religious this represents an increase of 10 percent percentage points over the past decade and mirrors the percentage of americans who say religion is not very important in their life see church you and i have to understand the time that we're in that more people are moving away from christ why because they don't see jesus in his church More people are stepping away from the gospel, from the church, because they, we, are not the hands and feet that Jesus called us to be. But these men saw the times, and they had eyes to see, so much so that they sought out the Savior, that they sold and did everything they could to get to see the Savior. If the church would understand that, if you and I during this season would get outside of ourselves and all the stuff that is going on and sell out for the Savior, what difference would we make? what difference with your kids would we make what difference with your families would it make the secular world is trying to take jesus out of christmas you can i'm so done with happy holidays i mean and and and, and merry christmas merry christmas every, every time and and you you can't go anywhere without happy holidays, happy holidays. And I get so mad, and I've got to adjust my and 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 not be mad, and and all the stuff that I'm thinking that I I shouldn't think, and and just you know, Merry Christmas. They're trying to 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 take Jesus out of out of our families, take Jesus out of our schools. I'll get political. Take Jesus out of our medicine. Take Jesus out of our holidays. Take Jesus out of every aspect of this world and you know the way that it changes the only way that it stays if the church stands for who she is the only way that we establish is that if we have eyes to see we understand the culture that we are in and we're willing to take a stand even at the uh, our own pain oh it's not politically correct to say merry christmas okay i'm gonna say merry christmas the world is trying to take Jesus out of everything. Verse 3 through 8 says, when, K- when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him, when he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, teachers, and the law and asked them where the Messiah was to be born, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means last among the rulers of Judea, for out, of this, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. What's wrong with that picture? We have the advantage of knowing beginning to end. Herod didn't want to worship the baby. Herod wanted to kill the baby. Herod wanted to kill the baby. They understood the times that they're in. These men were wise because they understood that Herod wanted to kill the Messiah. And they weren't going to be any part of that because they understood their scripture. Now, we're not worried about, you know, saving babies, although that's not true. We're worried about saving babies. Let's talk about that some other time. But we are worried about saving babies, but that's not where we're going this Christmas. But we are worried about standing as Christians and standing as men and women of God and taking stands. and, And the stand that we take is one of hope, and that hope is in Christ Jesus. You know what the world wants to do? It wants to kill the Messiah. These wise men had enough wisdom... Why? Because they were connected to their word. These wise men had enough wisdom because they were connected to the word and because they prayed. And because they were connected to the word, and because they prayed, they were able to see what was going on around them. And they were able to understand the times. and because they were able to see what was going around them, and because they were able to understand the times, they were able to walk and they were able to worship the Messiah. That's mind-blowing. How many people could have done the same thing? Millions or thousands at the very least. How many people in the church today can walk and bring hope to the hopeless? How many people could stand and bring the gospel of Christ Jesus to this lost nation? How many people can do that today? So many, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and even more, millions if we look at statistically who say they're Christians. But how many do? How many really understand the times? How many really understand and can see? They were wise because they understood these times. And having been warned, this is is so good, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. They went a totally different direction. Here's my challenge to us today. Stop going back to Herod. Stop going back to Herod. What does that mean? Stop stop with the anger. Stop with the unforgiveness, trend. Stop with the hatred, the selfishness, the fear. See, all we're doing when we do that is go back to the one who wants to murder us, going back to the enemy, the one that wants to kill our families, the one that wants to destroy your families, the one that wants to destroy your marriage, the one that wants to take you down. And when we let anger go forth in our lives, when we allow unforgiveness to sit in our soul, when we have hate in our hearts, when we are selfish and when we walk in fear, all we're doing is taking the route right back to Herod. Herod wanted to kill the Messiah. Prophetic picture is the enemy wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, but I have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. Stop going back to Herod. It's time for us to go another route. See, the the wise men could see, could could discern the times and know to go another route why because they had the word of god in them because they were connected with the savior because they had communication with the father it's time for us to go another route it's time to us for us to forgive it's time for us to love to walk in grace to help others it's time for us to bring hope to the hopeless that's the church that's why I serve this God. That's why Jesus is Lord of my life. Because he forgave me. Because he loved me first. Because he ushered grace into my life. Because he allows me to be the hands and feet to show hope to others. Amen. That's Jesus. And the church is worried about presence. Let me, let me qualify some things. Because I've, I've had people just bag on me in, in messages before. Because they say, oh, you're such a Grinch. And presence <laughs> and all that stuff. I love a good present. I welcome all of your presents to me. I'm not against that. Let's just clarify, okay? But when this becomes the focus, presents and trees and and cookies and all, and it's not Jesus, we've completely missed it. And, and I'm afraid, and I may be generalizing, I may be painting with a too broad of a brush, but I'm, I'm afraid that the church is too focused on this and not enough on this. Here's what I know. The toys that I got 40 years ago, 50, I don't know how old that, I guess it would be 50 years ago, 40, a long time ago. The toys I got a long time, the toys I got last year, 10 years ago, most of them are all gone. See, the Jesus, the hope that I have, it's eternal. The, these cards that we have, I, I know it fe- you guys feel like we're beating a dead horse. I'm sorry. But uh, I am so excited. It is, it is, it is such a, it's it been an incredible, fun, and, and blessed time for my family. And you know what's funny is, is, you know, they all, ah, we gotta do this. And by 7 a.m., they're all in our bed. I told you that a couple weeks ago. All of my kids in my bed. And even, even Chris is singing songs. Um, no, even I am singing songs. Chris leads the songs. There's just something special. Start a tradition. Do it every year, whether it starts, falls on, on Sunday or not. See, because what I want to tell my children is this, Jesus first. Jesus first. You know why? Because I look at the signs of the time. And I know what the world is telling my children. I know what the world is telling me. And it's an antichrist spirit that is all about me. Therefore, the first thing I want to do Christmas morning is make it all about him. Then we rip into the presents. It's good. It's good. Number three, they made a choice to worship. They had eyes to see. They knew the signs of the time, and they chose to worship. Verse 8, where's the one who has been born king of the Jews? He was, uh, we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. We have come to worship him. Yeah, I love this. Nearly every character you see in the Christmas story in, these, in this gospel, never, neither everyone that encountered Jesus fell to their face and worshiped. They all responded in the same way, and it was a heart of worship, a heart of worship. They worshiped the baby Jesus. They worshiped Jesus. And in this time where, where it's too easy to worship stuff, it's too easy to worship this, it's too, it's, it's time to worship Jesus. And I implore you, I ask you to, when you get up in the morning, that the first thing you do is you worship Jesus. I, I, the first thing you do is worship Jesus. The second thing you do is worship jesus and throughout the day you worship and worship isn't just up here hands up and and singing a song worship is 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 all it's all of us it's it, it's my words i worship through words i worship through fellowship i worship through giving i worship through song all those ways are acts of worship and i ask that we do that during this season because here's the deal who or what you worship is is a choice worship is not think about that for a second who or what you worship is your choice worship is not a choice what do i mean by that that god created each one of us every one of us with this inside of us to worship god created us to worship therefore we will worship the question is what are you going to worship The Bible says that God has placed eternity into human heart, Ecclesiastes 3. This simply means that God has put within us a sense of worship, an awareness of worship, to to, to bow down to worship. And each one of us does that. The question is, where do you worship? At what foot do you worship? We're all worshiping. The question is, who do you worship? If you're not worshipping Jesus, if you're not worshipping God, the creator of heaven and earth, then you're probably worshipping a God of your own image. And usually, that which you're worshipping looks a lot like you, looks a lot like me. We worship our feelings, we worship our identity, we worship our rights. I have the right to feel this way. I have to feel great every day. I should feel, I should feel well every day. And then I look at, at, at James and his wife and I go, Why, what right do I have? Why is she suffering? Why is my mom at home in bed suffering? She doesn't feel good. Where's her right to feel good? But we as Americans and we as people, selfish people, I have this right. The only right we have is to live and die. And Jesus brings the hope for everlasting life. I have the right to identify as anything I want. I have the right. My identity matters. And if, 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 if I look bad in front of people, I've got I've to make everything right so that they think I'm this or or I've got to look like that or I've got to protect my self-preservation, this whole thing. And we worship this self-preservation. And you need not look any further than the phone and what people put on the phone and how they manipulate the pictures and how they, they change the way they look. And, and, and everybody looks at it and goes, man, this is perfect, The perfect family, the perfect looking couple, the perfect looking guy or girl or whatever it might be. And it's all just crap. And it's all because we worship our identity and who we are. And God says we need to die to ourselves. And the only true worship comes through Jesus. And we worship our rights. I have the right. This has been the biggest over the last three or four years. These three worships have, have taken over our society. When I say that the wise men were wise because they had eyes to see and they could see the times and identify what was going on, this is what I'm talking about. In this time, if you don't see this right now, then you're a fool. Or you don't read your Bible, which is being a fool. You need to look at our times and realize that how self centered we are how how we just fight for my identity just fight for my rights what did Jesus do he gave himself up for you and I he gave his divinity up to come to this earth and die on a cross so that you and I might have everlasting life and then what does Jesus say he says lay down your life the way I did mine See, if we as the church would be less worried about, oh, my feelings, my feelings getting hurt, my identity, who I am, and my rights, and more about others, we could change the world. Or maybe Costa Mesa, or maybe Huntington Beach, or maybe, maybe your neighborhood, maybe your marriage, or maybe your family, if you would die. David says this of worship in Psalms 29 too. He says, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Things aren't going super well for David at this point. Chase, loss of kingdom, all, all these crazy stuff. But he says, I ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. He didn't say anything about circumstances. And I know some people are going through some very difficult times right now. I know that many of us are going through different situations right now. But he, David doesn't say, uh, well, your your situations going to kind of dictate how you worship. He goes, no, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. He is due glory regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of your health, regardless of your family, regardless of any of those things. I choose to worship He says, worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. He says it's not contingent on anything because of the Lord's splendor and because of the Lord's holiness, because of who Jesus is. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's kind. He doesn't always treat us as our sin deserved. He is is glorious. He is all of these things. He is due my full attention and worship. But I don't always give it to Him. I want to. And and, and, and in this season, the advent of Christ, just get out of that present Christmas party thing a little bit. Let's worship the one who deserves our worship. Matthew 2.11, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Think about that for a moment. What would it take? You you travel all this way. You see this star. You follow this star. You you bring all this material wealth, and it's a baby. Think of, you know, you're you're looking for a a blackjack in, in Vegas at that point. Unless you know the truth of God's Word so much so that they came to the house of a baby and they worshiped so much so that they took all that they were and they placed it at his feet and they worshiped they gave when the wise men worshiped jesus they gave him everything they gave him everything in this season as as we worship I challenge you. I am challenged to this that God has every aspect of my life. I don't have to protect my self, my identity. I don't have to 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 fight for who I am. I don't have to protect God is my Avenger God is the one who protects God is the one who brings life that these wise men knew that they could give him you know they every aspect they could give them their marriage they could give them they, they, give Jesus their children they could give Jesus their money they could give Jesus their time they can give Jesus virtually every aspect of their life and the church we're so good at 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 compartmentalizing and going, I'm going to give you this piece of my life, Jesus, but I'm not going to give you this piece of my life. And, and I trust you so much, I'm going to give you this in my life, but I'm, I don't trust you enough to give you this in my life. And all of a sudden, we've, we've got this schizophrenic Jesus that we've created in our mind, that he can be trusted here but not trusted there, trusted in this but not trusted in that. And it's complete lie because the Bible says of who he is and the reason that I worship is because of who he is. And because I worship of who he is, he deserves every aspect of my life, not just a piece of my life. And it's time, church, to give every aspect of our life. It's time to take every fear and throw it at the foot of the cross. It's time to take all of that stuff, all of that, whatever it is that you fear that God wants to take from your life. Whether it's your sex life, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your finances, whether it's your health, whatever it is, and place it at the foot of the cross and go, it's all yours that's why I worship. See, the two are intrinsically uh, tied together. They're tethered together. You don't fully worship unless you fully trust. You don't fully give unless you fully trust. And the church, because she doesn't read, she doesn't have a relationship, she doesn't talk, she doesn't surround herself with the right people, doesn't fully lay down their lives. And I'm just saying, During this Christmas season, let's see what's going on around us. Let's let's know the times that we're in. They're not good. And let's worship. Let's worship. This morning, this Christmas season, let's start by giving everything that we have to Jesus. Oh, he's going to get ready to take up an offering, isn't he? I'll tell you about That's what I did in the front end. I originally had it in the back, and I'm like, oh, they're going to go. Because we don't fully trust Jesus. They're going to go, oh, here he goes for an offering again. I should have done just to do it, but I did it in the front end. I want to give everything to Jesus. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. I just hold on. talk about it and I shouldn't talk about it but I don't care my mother is is she's dying we're all dying she's a little closer than most of us today I don't want to give it to Jesus she she's why most people come because she's out there with your kids and she hugs you and loves on you every every week it's not time for her to go. Take one of my kids. I'm kidding, <laughs> totally kidding, T.J. That's a joke, I, you know what, and, and in all seriousness, I, 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 my mechanism to deal with, with this is, is humor. I know it's not right, it's not, it's, it's sacrilegious. I don't know, it's offensive, it's everything. I, I just don't know how to process very well. Part of it is because I don't, I don't wanna give. I don't want to give everything that I have. Not this. Not this. There's a lot of things, God, you can take, but not this. See, it's no different than all of us in our lives. We all have something or some things that we're just holding on to. And we don't want to give them. But the reality is, I know. Gosh, I know this word and I trust. And and the reality is if she, she goes today or tomorrow or in ten years I mean ultimately God's in control not not medicine or anybody else, and, and maybe she'll not live us all. I don't know, but, but what we see is what we see. And, but, but what I know that I know that I know, I do trust God in this word. And, and, and so many times I think I know better, but I know that he knows better. He sees beginning to end, and he understands. And, and, and the promise of his word in Ecclesiastes 11, we talked about, he makes all things beautiful in its time, so I do trust that. I just, I just don't always like it. You don't have to like it. But I've got to trust. I've got to believe. Because it's Christmas. And some 2,000 years ago, fully God, fully man, Jesus came into this world. Now I have hope. Now I have hope. And my hope for our church is that we live in the midst of that hope that that when we leave this building hope is in our soul that that Jesus is right here and that that you know there's a million things that people are going through that, that we bring the hope of Christ Jesus to them yes the presents are great but Jesus is so much more that's what I our church that's what I want you to enter into this Christmas season that's what I want to enter into this Christmas season I want to enter into the story and worship Jesus I want to enter the story and not just be another Christmas I want it to be a time where, where we love him well You know how that happens? I know. Word day prayer. Relationship. It happens when I grab this word each day. And I go, God, I don't understand that. I don't like it, but I'm going to stand on this word for what it says. And I have those conversations with Jesus. I said, I don't like it. I don't like it. I know you know what you're doing. I don't like it, but God, I trust you. And i'm gonna fall on my face literally or figuratively i'm gonna say i'm gonna choose oh oh soul choose to worship the king of Kings and the lord of lords who knows beginning to end and so much more than i will ever know i'm choosing to worship you today because you're good i'm choosing to worship you today because you're gracious because you're merciful because you don't treat me as I deserve to be treated. You treat me so much better. I'm going to worship you today because you are faithful. I'm going to worship you today because you are, you are kind. Lord, I'm going to worship you today because you are everlasting. God, I'm going to worship you today because I can't see and you can. I'm going to worship you today because because you have blessed me beyond my, my imagination. God, I'm going to worship you today because you are good. That's what I want. I don't always do it, but that's what I want. And that's my prayer for us as a church. That when you walk out those doors, that you're actually the church that I'm actually the church and I bring hope in this Christmas season that I bring hope let us worship let us worship during this season let's pray father thank you for this time thank you for your word god I thank you that 2000 years ago you sent your son that I might have life, that we might have life. Oh, God, let it change us, that relationship with Jesus. Let it change us. Oh God, that we're not the same that we were. God, that you'd speak to us every single day. God, during this season, Lord, I, I pray for everyone that's here, everyone mother every father every sister brother friend child god that that we would truly worship you during this season but god that we would also serve others that they might taste the sweetness of hope that comes from christ jesus that they might see god let us recognize the times let us have eyes to see that we might glorify you In your precious name